She's a full-time photographer, turned business coach and mentor, helping other entrepreneurs just like you discover their personal brand. This is Better in Leather with Jackie O. New guests every week, challenging your deep thoughts, inspiring tough conversations, discussing business and photography education, personal development, relationships, dating, life, and everything in between. If you're looking to grow and scale a profitable business, work for yourself, escape your nine to five, push yourself to greater heights, or just want a few good laughs, you've met your perfect match. This is Better in Leather, and this is Jackie O. Hey. Nice to be here. <laughs> She's always here now. We're going to have her hang out with us a lot because we like hey. her company, maybe a little bit. Hey, how's it going? What's hey. up? You guys can't see her, but she's got a whole eyebrow raise for me right now. I do. Wink, wink. I can't even, I can't, I can't even like, do that. I feel like I can only wink with one eye. I can't wink with like, I, uh, like, I, I kind of can. <laughs> I feel like I have to intentionally think yeah, about gotta, winking. <laughs> gotta really like think about it. Okay, girlfriend. Well, we thought we could jump on today and chit chat about business stuff, all things, all things and branding and maybe touch on a little bit of Instagram and how to brand yourself and picking your ideal client. And then maybe go into a little bit about the new year and how we can finish out 20, what year are we in? 2021. I feel like I skipped a whole year. Dang. It still feels like 2020 just never ended. (laughs) And we're just going along with the same year. Like until COVID is gone, I just feel like it's 2020. It is just 2020 until this horrible thing is over. I just want it to go away too. I'm very much over it. Although I will tell you down here in um, Arizona, it basically doesn't exist. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how like, depending on where you are, just how people react to it or like what the thing is. I don't know. It's pretty weird. I know when I was in Arizona, yeah, it's it's like non-existent. Like nobody seemed to care. <laughs> yeah, it, it just doesn't even exist down here. It's the weirdest thing ever. I actually went home and forgot that I had to wear a mask for a little while. So that was fun. Yeah, that's a good time. Well, um, I wanted to ask you personally because you are a whiz on marketing, I think, and picking your ideal client. And um, for those that like haven't heard our like last episode or haven't chatted with you before heard your stuff like introduce yourself a little bit tell them kind of like what you do and your about your ideal client yeah so my name is sarah elrod and i am a western wedding photographer i am a business coach educator branding coach um specifically for photographers and um like women in the western industry I have a podcast of my own, the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, where I teach a lot of business educational stuff, marketing. Um, and yeah, basically, I one of my things that I feel really passionate about is branding and like niching down within your brand so that you can work with more people that you feel connected to and um, your ideal client and ideal customer, I think is really important. And that's when I really noticed a huge transition in my own business was when I figured that out. It was like when I figured out I couldn't serve everybody and I could just specifically focus on one group of people, 
I feel like that's when my business like really took off. So I'm just really passionate about sharing how to do that with other people so that they can feel that same rewarding feeling. Yeah. What is your ideal client? Um, so specifically would be, um, women within like the, any sort of Western industry. I do work with a lot of like Western photographers or aspiring Western wedding photographers. Cause that's kind of where I got my start, but, um, I've started branching out into like other types of industries, which has been really fun. Like boutique owners. I've worked with a few of them. Um, there's like Western graphic designers. So basically anybody, any women, particularly within some type of Western niche, um, I feel really confident in, um, serving them. And, and just because I can relate to that lifestyle, um, and stepping into marriage and, um, becoming a wife and like, you know, hopefully someday a mom, I feel passionate about helping, like moms build something for themselves specifically like maybe stay-at-home moms um building something that they can like feel passionate about and and help contribute to um their family um if they desire to do that um financially and so I've just I've been really passionate about that um and the backbone to that was I remember when I first met my husband Tyler one of the first things he told me as kind of like a joke, uh, was every successful rancher, um, has a wife that works in town and that has always kind of stuck with me. And it was kind of just intended to be like a joke, like a funny thing that people say, because there's like no money in ranching. You don't do ranching to be a millionaire, but, um, that stuck with me because I was like, well, I don't want to work in town. I want to work for myself. And two, um, I just, I thought, I just feel like I built my like business educational stuff based on that saying, because, um, I want to help moms be stay-at-home moms and, and do that part of their passion and kind of channel that maybe old, like, I don't know, old fashioned mindset that some people still have. Like, I still believe, like, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I also want to contribute financially. So kind of a mix of the two things. That's kind of where, how I've always like based that on. And those are the kinds of people that I specifically want to work with. Like my brand, I'd say it's like pretty similar to yours. Like I, um, tried to focus a lot on the Western industry because I think it betters your business when you actually have things like in common with people. And I'm sure that you can speak to this too, but sometimes I've been placed in like really awkward situations where I'm around certain kind of people and you don't exactly have everything in common, which not like that's necessary or anything. Um, it just really does help you do a better job. I think when you are around a specific type or at least someone you could actually in real life consider your friend. And so I think that helped me kind of like, quote unquote, niche down and like focus on my ideal client was thinking about like, okay, would I serve my friends and are my friends something that I would like to have in a client too. And like kind of going off of that and, and seeing what their interests were and the people that I surrounded myself with, what kind of personalities they had, what kind of like, all of that's kind of something to consider. And then putting yourself out there and just being honest and true to who you are kind of attracts like-minded people. At least I think it does. For sure. And I, I feel like picking your niche, niche, however you want to say it. I used to say niche and then everybody else seemed to say niche. So then I just like started saying that, but, um, I feel (laughs) right. What? (laughs) Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's all the same. Um, I, 
I feel like there's a lot of different ways you could break down your niche and you could get like really specific. Um, and I mean, the more specific, the better in a lot of ways, but there's so many different angles, like, um, just even within, let's just say the photography industry as a whole. So you could, you know, a niche could be wedding photography, but then you break down wedding photography to like, okay, what kind of weddings do you want to do? Do you want to do elopements? Do you want to do, um, high end, high scale, like city weddings? Do you want to do Western weddings? I mean, there's so many ways to break it down. And then it's like, do you want to do Western weddings that are, on, uh, you know, private ranches. Do you want to do Western weddings that are at venues? Do you want to do Western weddings for people in their twenties? Do you want to do Western weddings for people, you know, that are, I don't know. Like I was waiting for you to say they're fifties. They're fifties. I mean, Hey, that's a thing that could be a niche. I don't know. Um, but I mean, there's so many ways to like really break it down. And so you kind of just have to like figure out what, what do you resonate with? And most people's ideal clients, I think as personal brands, most people's ideal clients are going to be people that mirror themselves. Um, but not always. I mean, some people's ideal client are people that are nothing like them and that's cool. But I think a majority of people like to work with people that are similar to them And, uh, so a lot of times I tell people, like, if you're not sure what your ideal client is, almost go and like make a fake dating profile for somebody. And I mean, write down, you could give them a fake name and where they live, what kind of area do they live in? Where do they like to shop? Um, where do they, you know, where do they buy clothes? What kind of clothes do they wear? Um, what do they do for a living? And all of these things might seem a little weird, like, okay, what does that have to do with them hiring me? But if you think about it, if you're a, let's just say Western wedding photographer, um, to me, like my ideal client, okay, probably the women are, are the girl in that relationship is probably somebody that likes Western fashion, which means she probably likes shopping at, you know, bigger stores that are either like boot barn, or she likes shopping at Western boutiques online. Um, she wears, you know, turquoise and bell bottom jeans and, and, you know, cute cowboy boots and stuff like, and so what that can do for me is I can start to find my ideal client in other places. Instead of having to wait for them to come find me, I can start to go out and find where that ideal client might be hanging out and, you know, yourself in those situations. Exactly. Put myself in a place where they can find me instead of just like coming across my profile, like we can connect in, in different ways and over different right. types of things. So, and I agree with that too. Like, uh, for example, you and I kind of sort of being in the same industry and like focusing at least pretty similarly on a client base, um, and us being able to chit chat and stuff, we've kind of built like this and it kind of goes for kind of every little, I don't know the word I'm thinking of right now. Um, but kind of like every little divide in every business or every little section in photography too, like you kind of start to build your own community in a way. And you kind of start to develop friendships and things with people that benefits you too, right? Like for example, Sarah can't shoot a wedding. She might refer that client to me because she knows that I could serve that client secondary Mm -hmm. to what she could do and she's not available or vice versa, right? Like I know that I refer you all the time to some of my ranch clients that I can't take for one reason or another. And -hmm. I think that that's a huge benefit too, um, Mm -hmm. is creating that like really big community and niching down helps your business significantly 
with everything. Like you can, like Sarah was saying, to talk to that ideal client, you can, any, anything you're doing, like emails, your website, you can surface it around that one person. And even though it does sound silly, it so totally does help. But I'm curious, like for you, Sarah, do you book anything outside of your normal clientele or do you feel like you're like pretty strict in it? Do you like, tell us about that? Like, is it something that you go outside of anytime? Um, yeah, I definitely do. Like I tell people I'll get like wedding inquiries and things like that for the photography side of things where people will say, you know, Oh, like we love your work and we want to work with you, but like, we're not having a Western wedding. Like, will you still shoot our wedding? And, um, yes, I mean, I, I don't necessarily like discriminate and there's probably opposing views to this. Some people would say like, don't take on weddings that don't fill your cup or whatever. But, and that's true. Like, I do agree with that. Like if you don't vibe with the people, like if, if they're not in your niche and they're just like a person that you feel like you couldn't get along with, then don't put yourself in that situation. But to me, above all else, the most important thing is that my clients are like, for lack there of a better word, like raving fans of my work and like just my personality in general. And if somebody reaches out and they're like, we're not having a Western wedding, but like we freaking love everything about you. Heck yeah. I'm going to work with you because that's more important to me than having like these super aesthetic Instagram photos. Like, so what if your wedding doesn't have cowhide and turquoise in it? Like that is, yes, I love that stuff, but that is like not as important to me. Exactly. That, you know, posting those types of photos or, or having that type of content isn't as important to me as making sure someone has the best day of their life on their wedding day. And if they feel like I would help contribute to that, then like, absolutely. I'll be there. I don't care. We could get married in, you could be getting married in the big apple in New York. And like, I will gladly be there and shooting it. It's completely different from what I'm used to, but I am, I, I want to be there. If you are hyped about me being there and you like, know you want my personality there and like who I am and the work that I provide. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll be there. I could kind of go over some like guiding questions. So I'm not going to like take full credit for this. And I'm definitely not going to like put everything out there. I'm just going to name a couple questions off of it. Cause this is a course that I purchased from another photographer. And so, um, I just wanted to recommend her and her course. And then, um, just a couple questions off of here and kind of go off of like, what are both of our answers are just to help get people started maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of guiding questions that she has on here is if you ever said, if money was like no object, what I'd really love to do is what? Um, that's a good place to start. I think super, super good place to start because sometimes for some people getting started, for example, I first thought that it was modeling for me and then it quickly became photography and then photography kind of became podcasting, podcasting kind of became education. And then it, it kind of like keeps going. So if, mm-hmm. if money was no object for you, Sarah, do you see yourself in the photography industry? What do you see yourself doing and taking this in like the next like few years? Yeah. And that's a question that I have battled, like, honestly, a lot, especially recently, because it is, it's life is forever changing. And the beauty of being a business owner is you're, you can pivot and you can really do whatever you want to do, but that doesn't mean you can just snap your fingers and decide, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go make money doing this instead. Like you have to build up to it. And I think pivoting is not just like some magical switch you can do. You have to, it's a transition for sure. Um, but it is something that I've like thought a lot about. And, um, especially since, 
you know, being married and eventually like we want to have kids in the near future. It's one of those things where I don't see myself shooting weddings for the rest of my life because I think that while I love weddings and I love being a part of it, I've always looked at photography as I've been passionate about shooting the things that were relevant to my life. And so like when I first, first, first started photography, I was like, a senior in high school when I like first picked up a camera really and like started shooting my friend's senior portraits. And I did like a lot of senior portraits, like in my first couple years, like 18, 19, because I was kind of in that season and I really liked it. And then I started transitioning into weddings because I mean, to be honest, I thought weddings was where the money was at. I thought like you can't make a living unless you shoot weddings but I also loved weddings too. Like I've always been a lover of weddings, but I just, I thought like that you just had to do that. And I slowly transitioned into weddings and I really did fall in love with shooting weddings. Um, but now like I've been doing weddings for several years now and, um, it's always been really fun for me to like daydream at other people's weddings and like capture these really, really special moments because I was always waiting for my turn and like now I'm married and I just could see myself slowing down because it's a lot of weekends away. It's a lot it of... so is, especially <laughs> in, <laughs> in busy season, yes. And if you're not shooting something, you are definitely editing something and you are sucked into that. Like that becomes your life for a few months. I don't think anyone really talks about that or thinks about that when they get into photography and then you're like, oh crap, I'm busy. And I actually have no personal time from this month till this month, which I is know. brutal. It's not a bad thing. It's a blessing, right? To do what we do is incredible. Sure. And there's definitely a reason why we do what we do because it is so good and it blesses our lives in so many ways. But I can completely understand where that comes from because weddings, they're weekends. And it's hard because I think people think like, oh, you're a business owner. Like you make your own schedule, which is true to a point. But like at the same time, you still have deadlines you have to meet. So you still have to work a lot. And, you know, it is, it's hard when like, Tyler works a nine to five type of job. And so he's gone all day during the week and then the weekends come around and I'm like, well, see ya. Um, so, you know, it's just hard, like having that balance of trying to be one really intentional of the time that we do spend together. But also I just, I don't see it's, it's, we can function in that right now as it's just the two of us. But when we start having kids, like I don't want to be gone on Saturdays every single weekend, like missing my kids, you know, baseball games or something. So, um, I, I don't see me doing wedding photography forever. Um, I see me, I'm, I'm really enjoying stepping into, I really love helping other business owners. I really love teaching. Um, I see me stepping into maybe more like branding photography. Um, I really like, I feel like I could get really creative with that, like helping, you know, just doing like headshots for people and like taking like yeah. fun, creative branding photos is a direction that I'm slowly kind of stepping into. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many different, you know, the podcasts I have one too. So it's kind of like, that's like a fun little shift for me kind of to see where that's going to go. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, and as a serial entrepreneur, there's just so many things that like I, <laughs> I want to term. do. Serial I have like an entrepreneur. <laughs> I know there's like a never ending list of like business ideas. And some of them involve my face and being so, like, when you first started, what was mm -hmm. like your, just to put it like into a sentence, like if money was no object, what would you really love to do? Like when you first started, was it just photography or were you like weddings or what was it? 
Yes. I mean, it's kind of a weird question for me because when I first started, I, I've always wanted to just be like a stay at home mom, to be honest. And I, I think I need to do something to keep myself busy. I'm just that type of person. So I think for me, photography has always been there. Like when I first decided to become a business owner, like I, I thought, and I got into photography, like that was like end game for me. But like I said, there's not, it's hard. Cause there's not just like one answer. I mean, when I was like Absolutely. 14, when I was 14, I thought I was going to own my own therapeutic horseback riding facility. And I like really wanted to do that. I wanted to, I used to volunteer at a place. I wanted to open my own. And then I realized that's like a lot of work and a lot of insurance and <laughs> so much bigger than just me. Um, I almost feel like that's like your answer though, right? Like if money was no object, what you'd really love to do is just be a mom, right? Like to be a yeah. stable mom. Cause like for me, if money was no object, what I'd really love to do, like just to put it into the simplest terms for people is like to not have to work so hard and like for whatever sure. that means for me. Right. Because I just feel like I've hustled so many years of my life away already that I just really would like to spend more time actually enjoying the rest of the life that I do have to live. So that's like imperative for me. Like, and yeah. then she also puts another question on here, which is a good thing to think about too, if you guys are kind of considering your ideal clientele or whatever is what are your innate strengths? So like just things that come easy to you, I guess, is like a good way to put it. You mm-hmm. know, for me personally, it's like, I think I'm a really empathetic person. I think that I do really well at that. I think I can understand people's feelings, emotions, and I, and I try hard to make everybody feel like appreciated and loved. So that's something that I do really well. And I know that, which is part of my drive in getting into education. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that I have this natural like work ethic and this natural compass inside me that wants to do the right thing and wants to work really hard. And I see that in you too, Sarah. I don't know if you feel that, but I totally see that in you too. I think we're just like bred a little bit differently. And then for me, like reading like people is another strength of mine. And then like at the end of the day, like even if I come across ever like a little bit weird or silly or like any sort of way, like I always mean well and with a good heart and to be super genuine. Those are some of my like emotional strengths. And then like, Mm -hmm. there's some physical ones too. Like being around horses is a strength, right? Being around animals is a strength for me. I think that like, I don't really have a fear of public speaking. So maybe that's like a strength for me too. I don't know what you'd say some of yours are. Yeah. I mean, some, like some similar things for sure. I feel like I, um, I am a like, hold on, brain fart. I feel like I, I'm like, I had like all these thoughts and then all of a sudden they all hit me at the same time. And I'm like, wait, what words? Um, words are no, difficult. I, it's okay. I know. I feel, I feel like I'm a pretty confident person. Um, I feel like I, and I haven't always been like that, but I, I, I feel pretty confident in like what I do and that I do a good job at it. Um, I feel like I'm a very dedicated person to the point of like being probably too dedicated and stubborn that like when I have my mind set on, I'm going to do something like I really, really stick to it. And, um, I, I think I am, I can be pretty relatable to people. And I, I, one of my like biggest pet peeves is people that try to embarrass other people. Like if, I don't know if you've ever been in like a social, social situation where somebody will specifically call out something about somebody that's like embarrassing or like, 
I don't even know. It could be something as simple as like, I don't know, like uh, this is like a weird example, but it's like the first thing that pops into my head, but like a girl, if she like bends over and you can see like her underwear or something, I hate if like a person calls her out, like if it's going to be embarrassing and she's like the type of person to not think that that's funny. You know, if somebody calls her out and is like, don't do that or, or not even that, but like, ha ha ha, look, your underwear sticking out. That bothers me so much. Cause then I hate, I hate seeing people get embarrassed. Like that just like drives me crazy. And so I feel like I'm the type of person that I just, I feel like I'm good at making people feel comfortable. If that's like a thing. I would agree. I think that you're really good at that. Um, and it's like a weird thing to like admit about yourself, but I just, when I think about it, I just, I try really hard to be that person at least. Like I, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. And so, um, but yeah. And then I just, I think, yeah, work ethic, um, try to be relatable and just dedicated to what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. And then, um, another one that she has in here, like I said, I'll just read a few of them. Um, uh, she put on here what do other people say that you're passionate about? And I think that that's an interesting one too, because I think if I were to ask some of my friends, they would probably tell me like, I am really passionate about like anything social, right? Like I love swing dancing. I love horses. I love rodeo. I love Western fashion. Um, I super just love love and people that know me know I'm a hopeless romantic. And so it's no surprise to me that I somehow fell into wedding photography. I don't know if you feel the same about that too. Yeah, I definitely, that is like a really interesting question. I think people would probably say I'm really passionate about horses. I'm really passionate about my faith. I'm really passionate about just what I do for work. Like I, I really love just my, my weird business as a whole, like being that it has so many different like attachments to it, just the whole umbrella of what, I do. I I'm really passionate about that. So yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to say too, that like your business has an umbrella. Cause I think a lot of people that are just starting out, I think it's going to change because mm-hmm. you just, you're going to change, you're going to grow. Your business is going to change directions. It's just kind of part of it. So I think answering these questions and then reevaluating in like, you know, a year down the road is always a good thing to do. It's just kind of for sure. Put yourself in check and seeing if you're like on the same path that you are, if you're trying to take it a different direction, or if something has happened to you in the you know previous however many months and now yeah. you want to do something different. But all of those things that I mentioned, um, this is from the adventure instead course. And I just want to recommend it because I, I haven't taken like a whole lot of courses where I feel like, wow, I took so much away from that. But I think that she does a really incredible job of going into like marketing and things like that. And for me, like when I first started, I just wanted to do like models and then quickly came like into weddings. And now that I've been in weddings and big weddings and ranch weddings, like I do love ranch weddings, but mm-hmm. I'm actually identifying now, especially moving to my new area. I think I am becoming like, again, cause I'm single, like my life has changed. Um, I think I am one of those crazy people that love to go on huge hikes and go do elopements, but I didn't think I was that person. Like if you had asked me seven months ago, I would have told you I was a person that wants to stay at home, be a homebody, like be with my person, like not travel so much, but me being the single human that I am now, I'm like, I want to travel. I want to experience and I want to like go hike. And this coming year, I actually intend to step a little bit more away from 
like bigger weddings and um, step more into elopements and hopefully still keep them like kind of Western E&Q is kind of my goal. Cause I think that there is a little bit of a market there that people don't talk about very much. Um, sure. But I, I, that's ideal for me. So I think that it's, it's going to change for everybody. And if you guys are looking for a good course, like adventure and such, she does a great job. It's elopement focused, but I think you can still take a lot away from it. And she goes into a lot, like, I mean, down from like your business's why, um, discovering your why and kind of exploring like who you are as a person before really opening and diving straight into business. I think that the people that preach on this all the time, there's a reason why they preach on it. And I didn't really understand until you get a little bit further along and then you're like, Oh, okay. I see why everybody kind of talks about this and says that it's of importance. And I think in the beginning I was lazy on this and I didn't sit down and do what we're talking about right now, which is to kind of like talk about those bullet points or my why or the things that drive my business. And I think it definitely reflected in my business, like just all of the things that I did in little ways, but it definitely reflected it. And then when I took a little bit more time to kind of sit down and figure out what makes me happy in my business, then it kind of started to drive it a little bit more. And I became a little bit more successful out of it too. For sure. And I definitely think it's like, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of people in the educational space that put a lot of emphasis on like self-development. And, um, I think there's like a place for that. And, but I think sometimes it's like too fluffy. Like people put a lot of emphasis on that. And whereas like, I, I used to find that really frustrating when I would take courses is like, I a agree lot of it, you like, it, I want more tangible, like give yeah, me actual stuff that I can do, please. It'd be a lot of hype. Like you can do it. Anything you set your mind to like, go girl. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Thanks for hyping me up. But like, what do I actually do? So I've tried to be intentional about, I, again, I think there is a time and place for that. Cause some people need that like mindset shift and that like confidence boost. And I think like, that's all fine and great and dandy, but I try to be intentional about not being like too much, like, yeah, girl, you go girl, you could do anything without providing like actual, like, this is how to do that. Um, yeah, but so yeah, I, <laughs> I was going to say really quick. So those questions that Sarah and I were just talking about, if you guys kind of wanted to note them since we're on like tangible stuff right now, um, have you ever said if money was no object, what you'd really love to do is what, and then what are some of your innate strengths? So things that come easy to you. And then um, what do like other people say that you're passionate about? What are the questions that we were answering? Just to give you guys like an idea of some of the questions that you can ask yourself and kind of answer and stuff. And like I said, I would give you more, but since the thing that I'm reading on and my answers and stuff is not coming from me, it's coming from someone else's course. I just want to give her credit where credit is due, but there are so many other questions um, that you guys can ask yourself and kind of help grow your business in that. Yeah. I think, I think having that like foundation of, of a why, cause that's like, you know, people talk about that all the time, like find your why, but maybe if you've never heard that term before, it's kind of like, what are you even talking about? Which you and me did like an entire podcast episode over on mine on this. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember which episode it was? So I can tell I people. I think it's 14, episode 14. I'm like yeah, 99%. Sarah and I went into like a whole like deep dive on one of her podcast episodes on just kind of what I do personally to find my why. And everybody has their own like little way of doing things, but um, yeah, she chatted about that on her podcast. So you guys should go check that out. Yeah. I referenced that one a lot. Cause I think like that is really helpful. So I, we won't dive into all of that since they're already, we already did it, but, um, I just, I think it is important to have like a strong foundation. Cause if you're just like, Oh, I want to start a business just to start a business. Cause I want to make money. Like that's not, 
probably going to drive you for very long. Like maybe in the beginning, like you'll hustle because yeah, you have to make money to pay your bills. But eventually if you don't have like a deeper meaning behind it, I think you'll burn out and you'll be like on to the next thing. Cause we, we just have to be able to explain your worth to your clients that are coming into you. And if you can't explain what you're worth and you can't actually explain the service that you're providing and what makes you different from this person and this person and this person and why they should book you instead of so-and-so, then like you have to reevaluate things. That's kind of like a hard thing to say, but you have to, like, if you can't express what you bring to the table, then you have to sit down. You have to do more digging, I think, and discover your why and your purpose and what drives your business. Yeah. Cause if you're not passionate about it, like it's going to show, like people will pick up on that. You're just doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's like the bachelor. You're, do- you're here for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <sighs> that show, by the way, it's not the same. Chris Harrison. Uh, on no, set. I can't even watch it anymore. I can't watch it without Chris Harrison either. I'm like, they I'm, had the two chicks on there and I'm like, this is not the same. Yeah, I, I can't, I tried. I honestly, I've gone through a couple episodes and I get bored and then I start, I find myself scrolling on my phone and I'm like, okay, bedtime. Cause I, I just can't watch it. Bring I know Chris it's like, back. No. Can I like I know. <laughs> I know. Bring, bring Chris Harrison back. Take one of those cardboard you're holding like the cardboard sign. Like <laughs> honk if you agree. <laughs> yeah. Honk if you agree. Bring just go out on like a random corner in like Scottsdale. <laughs> bring Chris Harrison back. Arizona is like a really, really pretty state. Like I've grown up going to Arizona like every couple of years because I have family that lives there and stuff, but it's like really clean and like they keep like all, even just like their freeways, like the overpasses and stuff are like really nice looking. They have like nice little designs in them. And I just think they keep everything like really clean and it just, yeah, I've always really liked Arizona. Yeah. And someone told me the other day, cause I, I'm new obviously, but they created the whole city in like a grid and it makes so much sense. So like the, I, I, I'm going to butcher this. I already know I'm going to butcher this, but like some of the roads that go like North South are, I think like called drive. And then any of the roads that go like East West are called something else. And then like, they have a road that kind of goes all the way around, kind of like you do in Reno, um, like McCarran. Reno has McCarran. Because we kind of have like Bell Road, which kind of links some of them together, but it's in a grid. So when you're driving, it's nearly impossible to get lost. Someone told me as long as you, you kind of take some practice, you know, you got to like learn it and stuff, but you don't necessarily need a GPS in the city. Cause you always know kind of what direction you're headed, which I think is really smart. Whoever designed it kind of cool. Right. But it's super spread out here too. Like it definitely takes me on average, like 35 minutes to go anywhere that's worthwhile. Yeah. I want to say there was like some other town, maybe it was Montana. Somebody told me that about somewhere else that's similar to that. Like, like it's a grid. And if you like genuinely break down the city, it's like, it's made a certain way to be easy like that. So I can't remember what that was. They just put so much thought into it. And you know what? I look at Reno, like a giant, someone, (laughs) someone was on acid when they did Reno because... (laughs) The spaghetti bowl. It's just like all over the place. And the only thing that makes sense is McCarran to me. It's so crazy that, I mean, this is like a whole tangent. We don't have to stay on it, but (laughs) Reno in general, like is so it's weird how it's like, you know, nicknamed the biggest little city. Cause like I didn't grow up here, but, um, I, I like had been to Reno before and stuff, but 
you know, once I moved here, I was like, oh my gosh, it totally makes sense how like it's a big city, but it feels small. Like you can get all the way across the city in like 10 10 minutes minutes versus like anywhere (laughs) else. It's like, I'm, when I lived in California, it would take 30 minutes to get to the mall or something, you know, it's like all the way you're driving down the freeway for a while. And it just, you don't realize how close everything actually is. It's yeah. kind of weird. I used to complain about that, that whole 25 minute thing. And when I was in Reno, I'm like, oh man, I live in Washoe. I got to drive like 25 minutes all the way into Reno, which is literally nothing. Okay. And now I'm like here in Arizona and I look up on my GPS now and I'm like, oh, 30 minutes. Like, okay, cool. That's yeah. pretty average, but <laughs> Right. It's so weird. I know. Okay. Sorry. I got on a little bit of a tangent there. Okay. So uh, going off of everything that we were kind of talking about and everything, what would you say is a good, um, like starting point for the new year? Like what are some things that you're considering and asking yourself going into the new year? How are you reevaluating 2021 and going into 2022 strong for your personal business? So something I really, really want to hone in on is, and I mean, I preach about it all day long, but you know, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Cause <laughs> I <laughs> had not figured this out. It seems like every year I'm like really good. I love like the new year. I'm like that person that like buys a new planner and like gets all these journals and like, I'm going to journal every day and I'm going to do this. And I stick to it for a while and then life gets busy and I stop. But I, there was a season, <laughs> I know there was a season in my life. I think it was last year, probably when the world shut down. So like, I just had more time on my hands, but I was like really good about journaling every single day. I would wake up and I would like write down like things I needed to get done that day, like my top three. And I just, I would write down gratitudes, things I'm thankful for. And again, that's kind of like that fluffy thing where I'm like, meh, I don't know. But at the same time, it did genuinely help me. So I don't feel like that weird talking about it. Cause I, I felt like I was like really productive in that season. Like I got a lot done. And I think just this year, I mean, probably just cause we had the wedding and stuff too. It just felt like a lot was happening, but, um, I just really, for 2022, my big focus is to one, make more money that doesn't involve me physically showing up because I felt like so busy this year. And I felt like I had to be places this year was just like, I'm still dealing with it right now because I obviously I moved to another state where the wedding season is completely opposite to Reno Tahoe. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I almost... I mean, I did it to myself, but I kind of like, didn't really give myself much of a break. And then I came down here and I was like, crap, I need to book things. And so I (laughs) I put myself out there and like tried to book all this stuff and I didn't give myself like a break. So I can completely, I understand that. Well, and it's like, I've, I kind of did the same thing, even though like wedding season stopped for me, it's like, okay, as a wedding photographer, like I mean, weddings are my prime sort. I mean, totally just real talk. Like that's my prime income. You know, my majority of my income comes from wedding photography. And when I go through a slow season, like I specifically try not to overload myself. Like I will not take on 30 weddings a year because I just can't. I physically, mentally cannot do that. So I try to take on enough to where I know like I can handle it. I can provide a good experience and I won't overdo it but I also have like a lot of bills to pay. Like my lifestyle is not cheap. (laughs) Um, not, and I don't even like choir girl. It's like, it's so it's hard because I mean, me and Tyler have looked at finances before and like, we do fine. Like we're getting, you know, we, we, we do fine, but like, 
I'm like, man, why is it everything so expensive? Why do I feel like we spend so much money? But then I realized like, okay, I have two horses. I live on 50 acres. Like this rent here is not cheap. Like it's just one of those things where in order to live this lifestyle that we live, like it just, it costs a good amount of money. And so it was a little stressful when wedding season ended. Cause like on one hand, I'm like, Oh, I get a break. Like, yay. I don't have to travel anywhere for a while. But then all of a sudden it hit me and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I have a lot of free time. Like I need to book more things. Cause like, I still have bills to pay. Like I got to make money. And it just, I kind of went through this like weird panic of oh my gosh, am I, am I going to be okay? Like, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Like, I don't, you know, have weddings for a few months. Like what's going to happen. And I strategically try to like place out, like I, when I book weddings now, this isn't something I did in the beginning, but like now I do payment plans to where like I do chunks of like four different payments or something like throughout the year. Um, and so that way I just like always know like, okay, this month I'm getting paid this much this month I'm getting paid this much. Um, so then I can kind of like fill in the gaps with other things, but I have, I've done from the beginning and I'm so glad, I don't know what made me want to do that. I think I had heard someone say that that was really smart to have like basically a constant paycheck coming in instead of like big chunks. Cause it is so much harder, I think to save money and then live off that savings a little bit is difficult. Obviously it's just, you have to sometimes, but it's really good for you to like what you're saying is just to do those chunks, even with some of my sessions though, not even my weddings, I'll even divide those up for people to make it. I mean, it benefits the client, right? Like people want that to be easier on them. So they're able to pay and get the photos that they want, but also um, makes it nice for us because if we're getting paid for things, it comes in like smaller checks and more like a real job paycheck versus like, yeah, you're not getting paid, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. You're not getting paid like four months rent at one sitting. And then you have to just be smart and know like, okay, I can't spend this all. Like it's not, you know, cause that I would find myself doing that when I would take like 50 and 50, you know, when I first did weddings, it was like, pay me 50% now. And then a year from now, pay me the other 50%. And at that point I was like living at home with my parents. So like, it was kind of fine. Cause like, I didn't have that many bills anyway, but I can't even imagine trying to do that right now because that would just be, that's a long gap of like not a single payment from that wedding. And it's just easier, like you said, easier on the client to have smaller chunks throughout the year. But it's also just for me knowing like, okay, every three months I'm getting a payment from that particular client. And then, you know, you have multiple clients. So then it, that's how you end up just covering everything. But um, kind of circling back, it was, yeah, like wedding season came off this like crazy busy wedding season, felt like a, a half a second of relief. And then all of a sudden I just stacked on all this other stuff. Like I'm relaunching my podcast. I have all this educational stuff I'm trying to push out. Like I just, and I'm just like such a busy body though. So I do, I do it to myself. Like you said, like it's my own fault. Cause I just like stack these things on myself. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, why did I give myself so <laughs> I think I actually scheduled a point in January of two weeks where like I'm doing nothing because I'm, I mean, very blessed and very grateful that I have found work down here. Don't know how it's found me, but it's found me and I'm very glad for it. But I have definitely booked two weeks off my January calendar to make sure that I like breathe, like just breathe, like not even to do it. Even if I don't even end up doing anything, I hope 
And I'm sure that I'm going to fill those two weeks because that's just who I am. And like you are, it's just, we're busy bodies, just what we do. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much more that I would love to get to. And what's nice in slow season is working on your website or kind of the back end and doing more stuff with like client experience is really important. And right now I'm like forcing myself to fit in like some of my back end client experience stuff, like working on guides and whatnot, when I should be doing like editing and stuff, because I have to, because I, I have to book more stuff in the new year is coming so quick. And yeah, that is, that's like the hard transition is kind of figuring that balance between taking care of your paid clients, like finishing out weddings and editing, and also trying to book the new clients too. And like working on that back end stuff, that's going to get you bringing new business. It's a hard line to walk because again, if you start to go into panic mode um, and you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't have anything on my calendar for a while or something like I feel like it's really easy to fall into like, I need a book, I need a book. So you start working on like the back end of your business to like get more bookings, but then you yep. need to be taking care of the clients that have already paid you. So it's just, it's like an interesting line to walk. And that's the beauty of being a business owner is <laughs> I feel like nobody's ever going to be perfect at it, but that's what we're always striving for. Yeah, no, same here. So you would say that journaling is like a good way to set intentions for the new year coming into 2022. That was always, yeah, it, I just felt really aligned when I would journal like on a daily basis in the sense, I just felt really like in tune with myself and I, cause I, I mean, kind of how I organize my life is I just, I need, I'm like a paper and pen type of person. Um, and so I just would like have all these like things I had to do in my brain and I just had to like get them on a piece of paper. So I like to make dump lists and I will just like on a piece of paper, just nothing pretty, nothing organized, just everything that pops into my brain that I want to do, whether it's personal or business related, or I mean, anything, I will just dump it all out on one list. And then I will take that list and I will break it down into chunks and I will assign days to certain tasks. And I try to just assign like three main things like that have to get done by a certain deadline per day. And so like, let's say it's a Monday and I sit down and I'm like, okay, looking at my big list of things I got to do, I will look at that week and I'll say, okay, what could I, what needs to be done this week? Like what can't wait? Like what has to get done by Friday? And I will basically assign three tasks to like that Monday's top three and that is what I basically tell myself, I can't do anything else until these top three things are done. And then after I accomplish those three things, then I can move on to maybe something more fun. Like if those top three things had something to do with like paying taxes, you know, I have to go through all my files for taxes. That's something I don't really want to do, but I have to do it. So that'll be on my top three. And then after I accomplish that, then I can move on to something like more fun. Like, okay, now I can work on a pricing guide or now I can do like something that I is more entertaining to me. So I tried to just be really intentional and that really helped me feel productive every single day because as you're like checking things off, like boom, 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 I did those three things that have been just like on my to-do list for God knows how long. And now I can check it off and I feel really accomplished that I got them done today. And if I do nothing else the rest of the day, like at least I know I got three important things done. So that's always been really helpful to me just to, I to write that you're big on like using Google, um, is it Google sheets? Yeah, I, that's a lot of your stuff through Google sheets. Do you have any other programs that you'd recommend as far as like, just like organizational skills and things like that going into the new year? 
Yeah. So I am going to start recommending something to everybody that I recently started using, which is called Trello. And I actually used it like a few years ago. I mean, a lot of years ago, actually, when I first started my business, I tried to use it and it made no sense to me. So I stopped using it. Um, but it is, it's free for the most part. I mean, like the free version is all I use right now. Um, and it's been totally fine for me. Um, but it works. It's basically just like an organizational to- tool for whatever you want. I use it for some personal stuff. I use it for 99% of the reason I use it for is content planning and my content calendar. Um, I used to try to make content creation documents in like Google Drive. And I still have some spreadsheets that I like go off of, but Trello has made it a million times easier. And I could talk about it for hours. So I'm not going to because <laughs> that'd be a lot. But um, I highly recommend like checking it out and just looking into it. And it might take you a little bit of time to figure it out, but it's been really helpful for just organizing like what Is piece it like of content subscription based service. It's free. I mean, there's a free version. It's just a, it's just a website. There's an app and stuff. I mean, you can, there's like a paid version that you could buy, but the free version has been completely fine for what I need it for. Um, and it's just, it's really easy, like to plan out Instagram content. If you have a blog, I plan out podcast content. It just, you can assign dates to things, times to things. You can write like notes in, I write all my Instagram captions in it. And like, you can add images and like, it's just really organized. So it's helped me a ton. I'm going to try to make some videos on it to like show people how to, how I use it or how to use it in different ways. Cause I know like, it's hard, like not seeing it. Um, but that's been really helpful for me. Otherwise I used to make spreadsheets and stuff in Google drive. It just, I found it a little bit harder to like stick to them, but, um, yeah, it's a little more like tedious. So Trello has just helped me stay a little bit more organized on like the content creation aspect of things. So a big goal of mine for 2022 was to find a good content creation system because I always start off with like really good intentions. And then I feel like I end up hating my system or my system just has like and then I'm like, I fall off the wagon. So, I mean, you kill it at content creation though. Like something that I can definitely improve on. That's definitely something I'm trying to focus on in the new year too, because I think you can probably relate to this. I mean, you still kill it more than anybody else. I think I've seen, like, even in your busy season, you're still posting, you're still active, you're still there. I kind of check out when I have like editing and so many other things going on for some reason, like Instagram is always the first thing to fall off the wagon for me. I'm like, I can post to my stories every day. No problem. Cause I feel like I don't need a plan for it. But like my posting is like something that I seriously struggle with. Like my mental capacity is like not all there. So I'm right there with you where I've been trying to find like some sort of content creation planning tool that I can use too. So that's super good to know. I might look into it myself. Cause I've been doing, um, I've been trying to set up like some Google sheets and stuff, but the thing is, is I like get behind and then I feel like I have to like set aside so much time to create the next week. And I almost feel like, I think I've heard about Trello and you can almost like duplicate certain like events and stuff. So it's like constantly like resurfacing every week, or you have like a certain day for posting on Instagram, or you have like a certain day for posting a reel or this and that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And there's a million different ways you could use it and set it up. And so you can kind of figure out a system that works for you. I feel like I have a system so far. It's probably not the most easy system, but I just, I had to make it in a way that my brain understands it. And so it's probably not like 
the world's most simple system, but it's more simple than what I was doing on like a Google sheet. Um, and it just, it helps me see. And I think part of my problem is I'm just trying to run like so many different brands, like between like my photography and then me and Tyler's brand. And then, uh, like the podcast, like there's just like all these different elements of content. And I just needed something to where I could see everything in one place. And like, each day, like this is what needs to go up every single day, like on this day. And so that was really helpful. Um, but I think like you said, like going through, like there's so many days where I'm like, I could not come up with an Instagram caption right now. Like I have no idea. I'm not inspired. So I try not to like do it on those days. Like I don't create content on days where I feel like that. I try to do it on days where I'm like, really inspired. Like if I'm, you know, listening to a podcast or something and it gets me really hyped, I'll be like, yes, now's the time. And I'll start writing down all my ideas and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it, it just kind of, you kind of have to like, listen to your own brain on like when you're feeling motivated to do it too. Yeah. Sometimes, um, something that I plan to take into the new year too, and I would like to pass it along to others and not that you guys don't know to do this. I just want to encourage everybody to do this is brain dumping literally. Cause like sometimes, and I don't know if you're like me, like I will be doing the most random thing, like cooking and spacing out or like in the shower. And I'm like, la, da, 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 or I'm in the car and my brain starts to travel to all of these things that I like haven't done, or I'm intending to do. And even if it's not the best, what I've started to do is like, if you're in the car, obviously don't text and drive, but like you can open up the notes on your phone and do like, um, a voice to text, or you can do a voice memo on your phone of just like things that you want to remember to do later on in the day or later on in the week, just like a checklist. And then later on, I'll re-listen to it and put it on a list. And I, I have Mac and on my computer, I am an active sticky user. I have these little, the little sticky note things like all over my Mac screen. Like I have an editing list. I have a better in leather podcast list. I have, um, what I want to do to start selling like digital products, like education. Um, like I just have lists kind of everywhere. And when I, I'm overwhelmed on days that I'm really overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. I literally will just start at the top of my list and check one thing off and mm-hmm. then check the next thing off. And that has helped me significantly as something I obviously plan to take into the new year, but just brain dump. If you guys are feeling overwhelmed and you're like, Oh my God, I am not going to remember all of this. Like just sit down, get it all out somewhere. And then just one thing at a time and approach it a little bit one bite at a time. Yeah. I think there's power in that, like power in numbers is kind of something I've always said too, is if there's anything that I'm like afraid of or overwhelmed by, you know, whether it's a to-do list where you just have this overwhelming amount of things bouncing around in your head and you, you just, you get so overwhelmed because you don't even know where to start. Like what thing do you tackle first? It really helps to get it out on piece of paper. And for me, I just, I like paper more than like digitally writing it down. I try to keep it in both because digital is easy because I can take it from my computer to my phone, whatever, but I don't always carry like a notebook with me. But like I, when I'm at home and I just can like write it all down and see it in front of me, it just, it helps because it's kind of reassuring like, okay, that's not as bad as like it feels when it's like stuck in your head and it feels really intimidating and overwhelming, but then you see it on paper and you're like, all right, that's not that bad. Like I could knock out like three of those things like right now. And you just got to like do it because you'll feel so much better about yourself if there's things like I'm really bad at procrastinating on things that like scare me a little bit. And like, 
or that I just, that, I don't know, maybe I'm not like super confident in. So for a long time, that was like the just tedious backend business type stuff, taxes and like money and all of that. And like, there were things about it that would like make me really nervous, like trying to figure especially when I like really started my business and like figuring out the whole tax thing and like how to pay taxes and like how to do it. I would put it off for like a really long time until like I couldn't put it off any longer, like the deadline. And then it's like when I finally just hired an accountant and decided like, here you go. Like oh, I'm the freaking bullet, dude. Just, yeah. The accountant thing is like, do it for yourself now. Don't do it tomorrow. Cause like no one, I mean, everyone pressured me about that too. Like get an accountant and man, it changed my life actually. Like I was so overwhelmed. Like I still have a spreadsheet and stuff and I have to track all my stuff and you have to be adamant and smart about that but they they help and they take out the guesswork of all of it they just they answer like all your questions I mean I could have the first time I got off the phone with my accountant I think I could have cried because I just felt like so much relief and I was like wow that I made that so much more complicated than it had to be like because I was just nervous and it scared and I just pushed it off because I didn't want to deal with it because it just freaked me out but then like I did it and I was like I feel like a huge weight has been taken off my chest after doing that. So whatever that looks like in your life or your business or whatever, just sometimes you have to just bite the bullet and do it. And you'll probably be surprised at how much better you feel like once it's over and you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. And I love this and I love all the tips that you've been sharing. Thank you for sharing. Sarah's kind of killing it. She has like (laughs) way more than I do. Like don't know how to do Twitter. Won't, can't, I refuse Twitter. Like that's the one thing I just won't, I can't do it. I can't, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I would, I like, I'm not like super consistent on Twitter. So don't, don't praise me too hard. I just, but, but you've got the Twitter and the YouTube and the podcast, Instagram. I don't know how you balance it all, Sarah, but I would love to have everybody follow um, both of us along and you on your journey. How can they find you and keep up with you and all the good stuff that you're putting out. And I know that everyone's probably interested in coaching and stuff with you. Um, yeah. So I am Mrs. Sarah Elrod on a lot of those platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, and then <laughs> see what I mean. <laughs> I am Sarah Elrod on YouTube. Uh, my podcast is Brandy Cowgirl Podcast. You can follow on Instagram or on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, and my website is sarahelrod.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing and thanks for coming on and chatting with me and providing all your intelligence and your education and all the things. Cause I just love you and I just love what you put out and I think you're the smartest and I think you're the best at it, to be honest. Thank you so much. That makes me feel so happy. Awesome. Well, I love getting to hang with you and chat with you. So anytime I get to do this is a good day. Well, we are going to have you on again and we'll chat with you soon. You've been listening to Better in Leather. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you had fun. We know we did. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show and tell a couple of friends about it. That would help us out too. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Better in Leather Podcast. And if you have a question or comment, send an email to Better in Leather Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget the website website at www.batterandleatherpodcast.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.